Welcome to our Mindfulness Podcast. Each week we will have a different podcast, different speakers, different chants, different Dharma talks. But mindfulness practice in Buddhism helps us focus and helps us be aware. And this program will consist of many different ways of meditating. We usually begin with bowing or gasho, then we prepare to sit, and we will sit for approximately 10 minutes. And then we will either stand and walk for another five minutes to kind of get blood into our legs again and and, uh, relax our muscles. And then we'll sit for another 10 approximately. And then we will chant, which is another form of meditation. Uh, We focus on the characters and we pronounce the sounds as a group. And it's a kind of a ritual of oneness. And then after that, we'll have a short Dharma talk of about five to 10 minutes. And then we'll close with Gasho. And this also includes offering incense. We offer incense, but you could also light the incense before the service starts. And this is kind of the program uh, of how our meditation services proceed. And so we will be getting underway today uh, with our program. Thank you very much. The Golden Chain I am a link in Amita's golden chain of love that stretches around the world. I will keep my link bright and strong. May I be kind and gentle to every living thing and protect all who are weaker than myself. May I think pure and beautiful thoughts, say pure and beautiful words, and do pure and beautiful deeds. May every link in Amida's golden chain of love be bright and strong, and may we all attain perfect peace. In the story of the larger sutra, The Bodhisattva declares his 48 vows, things which must be fulfilled if he is to attain perfect enlightenment. Immediately after declaring the vows, he speaks in verse. These are the verses we call Jusege. He says, I will unfailingly attain supreme enlightenment. I will save all the destitute and afflicted everywhere, and my name will be heard throughout the universe. Let's chant the Jusege. Gagon cho se gan, he she jo do, she gan fu man zo, se fu jo sho ga, ga o mu yo ko, fu yi dai se shu, Oh, 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 oh,
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 I'd like to discuss two separate but equal paths uh, in the practice of Buddhism. A friend of mine named Larry once told me about an experience he once had when he went to see the Dalai Lama. It was in 2006 at the Pasadena Civic Auditorium. The Dalai Lama was there to teach both Tibetan monks and nuns, as well as the general public. My friend, of course, was in the general public section. He told me that he was really impressed with both the Dalai Lama and his disciples. To him, and to most Americans, monastic Buddhism is the epitome of Buddhist practice. They have dedicated their entire lives to practice, separating themselves from daily concerns. The Dalai Lama spoke for about two hours on the teachings of Nagarjuna. In a very down-to-earth way, the Dalai Lama was able to communicate some of Buddhism's most philosophical teachings. Then there was an intermission prior to the next lecture. Larry exited the auditorium looking for some snacks and the restroom. On his way out of the hall, he passed a hallway that entered into the kitchen area. The door to the kitchen was wide open, and he glanced in. Inside, there were many of the Tibetan monks that had been sitting in the front row of the Dalai Lama's lecture. They were all dressed in saffron robes. But to his surprise, many of them were lounging around and smoking cigarettes. He also said that they were sitting on the backs of chairs, some even drinking a Diet Coke. Then Larry looked at them with eyes wide and leaned in, and said that they were even watching All My Children, the soap opera with Erica Kane. He confided in me that this really upset him, and it shook his faith in Buddhism. If monks can't resist bad posture, cigarettes, coke, and soap operas, then what hope is there for all of us? 
How can everyday lay people succeed in their practice if monks even have to take a break from monasticism? But then he told me, over time, this event actually gave him hope. Perhaps Buddhist monks and nuns are just like us, human beings just doing the best they can practicing Buddhism. He realized that perhaps there are two equal but separate paths, both valid for ordinary human beings, one being monastic and another for everyday life, neither one requiring us to be superheroes. One of my instructors at the Institute of Buddhist Studies warned me about idolizing Buddhist monastics. She told me that many Americans have guru worship, and it would be better to think of practicing in two different ways, one away from everyday life and another within everyday life, each with its own pluses and minuses. It is interesting that the Dalai Lama also promotes this type of understanding and engagement with Buddhism. When I first began to practice Buddhism, I thought I would have to move to India, though not likely to ever happen. While reading a book by the Dalai Lama, he actually advised you to stay put. Do not move. Do not learn another language. Just begin to practice where you are at. Practice has to be practical, something that is accessible. We also have to acknowledge that everyone is different, and we each have our own unique way to practice. Even during the Buddha's time, he had many different types of monks and nuns, some very academic, some very disciplined, and others more natural in their practice. But the Buddha seems to have praised all of them equally, seemingly encouraging each of the Sangha to find their niche. He did so by highlighting what each excelled at, almost like a high school yearbook. For example, the academic, Sariputra excels in wisdom, the disciplined, Mahakajapa best in observing strict precepts, and the natural, Moggallana best in insight. We also have the great Ananda from the larger sutra. The Buddha's attendant, who had heard most, had the best memory, the most understanding, and who served the most. And then we have additional disciples recognized for their most beautiful voice, being most fortunate in winning raffle drawings, first in poetic skills, and most skilled in the management of seating mats. When reading this who's who of the Buddha's disciples, I immediately thought of our Sangha. Each one of us has found our path within our own everyday life, each uniquely expressed in ways that fit exactly who we are. Each member is one of the who's who of our Sangha. It might be singing, it might be bingo, it might be lyrics, or it might even be stacking tables and chairs. But this is the key that opens the door to our path and practice, connecting us all and adding value. When combined, we then have a very powerful and dynamic path that we may all partake in and benefit from, even if we still drink Diet Coke and watch soap operas. Thank you very much. Please join me in Gosho. Namandats, 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 namandats. Shin Buddhist Life Principles In trusting in the vow of the Buddha, calling out the Buddha's name, I will pass through the journey of life with strength and joy. Revering the light of the Buddha, reflecting upon my imperfect self, I will strive to live a life of gratitude. Following the teachings of the Buddha, discerning the right path, I will share the true Dharma with all. Rejoicing in the compassion of the Buddha, respecting and aiding all sentient beings, I will work towards the welfare of society and the world.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts. This concludes this podcast. I hope you feel grounded. I hope you feel different than when you began. And this feeling you have, I hope you take it with you out into your everyday life. It's important to develop these qualities in a controlled environment like this podcast. But the aim is for the effects to begin to bleed out into your everyday life naturally. My wife once sent me a meme on Facebook that said, yoga works, but only if you show up. And I feel that way about Buddhism and about meditation. It surely works, but only if you stick with it. And you have to get to the point where it becomes something natural and effortless in your life. And if you have high expectations and you're trying to rush the process, you actually retard your ability to change over time. You don't want to grasp it. You don't want to hang on to it. You just want to experience it in a regular practice and integrate it into your everyday life. So thank you very much for coming. I will close with Gasho. Hands together and we will bow. Today's program was presented by Reverend John Turner, Reverend Ellen Crane, and Minister's Assistant James Pollard. Executive Producers Reverend John Turner and Jim Scott. Produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. Directed and engineered by Reverend John Turner. Edited by Jim Scott. This program includes excerpts from Time Stood Still by Riley Lee, used with permission. This program is copyright 2020, Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. All rights reserved. For more information about this or other podcasts, groups, and activities, BCE classes, or temple services, visit us on the web at ocbuddhist.org.